0: production. Today's special guest made his mark selling sex toys, which led him to uncovering a special skill he had. (laughs) Now, get your mind out of the gutter, as that special skill was simply knowing how to optimise the use of online marketplaces. So, if you're selling products, then you're going to love what he shares. In fact, you're about to discover how to access a whole lot of money you may well be leaving on the table. It's an all over the shop episode 556 of the 12-year-old award-winning small business big marketing podcast
1: where well, I said one to two small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead now here's
0: your host Mr.
1: Timbo
0: Re And welcome back to your weekly dose of cryptic marketing. I'm your host Timbo Reed and I have an insatiable curiosity for uncovering marketing strategies and ideas that help businesses just like yours to grow. You, so much more importantly, you're a motivated business owner ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be and that is exactly that's exactly why this podcast exists. As per usual team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. (laughs) Hey, hang about after today's interview as we hear from listener Melissa Peacock, who's built a six-figure business from scratch in just two years with everything she's learned from this podcast. I love those stories. Now, a big thank you to my old co-host, Lukey, for introducing me to today's guest, Sean Latham. So, why Sean? Good question. Well, way back in 2006, Sean was stuck in a cubicle as a web developer for a big telco. In his own words, he had a safe but boring job. Ah, yes, we've always had one of those. So he escaped that cubicle and founded sextoy.com.au, as you do, using his development skills to automate the order fulfilment with his various suppliers, which at the time was pretty unique. Now, his suppliers were so impressed with his work, they asked him to do it for their own sites. Plus they asked him to list all their products on the various marketplaces around, such as eBay and Amazon, etc. And this is where it gets interesting. Sean did the math and figured out that he'd make more money selling the picks and shovels, i.e. doing the automations, than actually mining the gold, i.e. running a retail site. So that's what he does now. What's blowing my mind is Sean's belief that if you're a product seller, and are only selling through your online and or offline stores, then you are leaving a bucket load of dough on the table by not selling through the plethora of marketplaces that are now available online. So if that's appealing, hang around after the interview as Sean makes a very generous offer just for you. But before we get into the serious stuff, let's talk sex. Specifically, how did a young fellow from Melbourne's well-heeled inner suburbs with a secure job start selling sex toys online?
1: Once I started my business, uh, I think it was back in 2006 after leaving the corporate world, I had a digital agency, a small digital agency, and um, one of the clients asked me to build an adult toy site, and I thought, oh, that'll be a bit of fun. So we did that, and they needed to integrate with one of the suppliers, and you know, I had a bit of experience in programming, so we connected an API up to a number of suppliers and didn't really think much of it. And then down the track, uh, one of the suppliers said, oh, you know, how did you do that thing? I mean, it's it's kind of pretty cool. And so, yeah, got chatting with them and um, they had a, a client that was also interested. And so, I started to build some of these sites. I, I saw that a little bit of a buck in this. So, I went and uh, looked on the interwebs and, and this is going back a few years where if you could buy the domain, it actually counted for something. Not so much now, but I was able to secure the domain sextoy.com.au I uh, had to negotiate with a Chinese gentleman but eventually got there. And um, How much? Oh, look, it wasn't chi- – it was about five, five mm-hmm. grand, I think. Yep. So, um, yeah, so we, we got it up and running and I was able to connect it up to a number of marketplaces and we ran it for a few years. Um but if just pause there, yep. Sean, I want to understand that
0: you, as a developer, that rolls off the tongue oh, and I it. connected it to a couple of marketplaces, which is what you do now. So you are going to explain that in further yes. detail, but did, what you meant was you owned this domain. You weren't about to go and buy a warehouse and stock it with dildos, excuse correct. the French. Uh, you just wanted to drop, be, be a drop shipper. So really it could have been any product. It happened to be sex toys, correct? And you figured out how to... I don't even, um, I'm using my hands here, slip in under the door of each of these dildo manufacturers and other sex toy manufacturers and coordinate some kind of, oh, someone bought that from you, could you please ship it to them, I don't want to know about it type setup. Is that right?
1: You're spot on. So it, it was a drop ship model, which uh, for those who are not familiar, um, there are wholesalers in Australia and, you know, we only worked with Australian drop shippers or wholesalers because, you know, people on the web, they want their product quickly. Um so we started with one and then next thing you know, we were dealing with all of them and uh, the industry association building their website and it, it sort of, it grew from there. But so we ran it, I'd say for about three years and then, uh, you know, it was reasonably successful. One thing about drop shipping is that, you know, you get your first sales and you get all excited and you think you're going to be rich. Uh, but after you ad spend and uh, your costs from marketplaces, and, and you might be using a digital agency. Um, it all kind of adds up. So I think the profit margin was around 20%. Right. I think at its, you know, we might have been doing 30 a month at the peak, but which sounds like a lot. But after your costs, it was you know lucky to be a full time way.
0: Uh, Thirty grand a month turnover. Yes. Yep. yep okay. Yep. But it proved it proved something to you, obviously.
1: Yeah. It it did. It it kind of ran its course and there was a couple of reasons we we ended up selling it. So, I don't know if you remember, there was some... Hang on, hang on.
0: You're, just, you're not going to get out of sex toy uh, chat so quickly. <laughs> Rush. I'm interested to know um, what your wife thought at the time. Were you married at the time? I was and still L- married. Well, tell me about that yep. discussion. Darling, um, just bought sextoy.com.au, starting a business um, selling dildos. Any
1: thoughts? Well... I thought it would be fine because I thought I'd married a, a good Catholic girl, but um, I'd actually, I think, married the wrong type of good Catholic girl because uh, she wasn't overly <laughs> impressed. Um, so that was a bit awkward. Um, and right. at the time, we had young kids, and you know, there's a lot of school functions and whatnot. <laughs> and what do you do, well, Sean? That's the question that gets asked. And and if if I told the truth, um, there was a lot of fun and frivolity at the table, but. You know, if my wife was sitting at the table, I would get a kick under the table and I'd have to say, well, I'm an IT professional and that was the end of the conversation. So it was a bit of a a conversation killer, that one. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So it's a secret business. It's doing okay. Were you enjoying it? I was. And look, it it was the the, (laughs) the naughty boy in me. How much? Come on. You know, it it was good. But, you know, I guess a couple of things. The wife wasn't impressed, which I mentioned, and it it wasn't really a big... um, Earner for me, uh, and as the kids got older, you know, I just thought, oh look, it's time. And and there was a, um, if we can kind of move on from that now, there was a couple of factors <laughs> that uh, you know, I guess, led me to selling it. And one of those was uh, there was a, I guess, a Penguin update, or or you know, there's a series of Google slaps.
0: A Google algorithm update. Correct. Yes. And
1: um, one of those was aimed at um, adult sites. And, and so we got put in the sandpit, I think at the time they called it. And there was also um, another factor. So the wholesalers were sending me referrals to other adult sites. They were saying, well, you know, you've, you've, you've kind of got it hooked up. Can you help us? You know, we've got a thousand clients that have retail sh- stores that I'd love to kind of get, you know, a connection to uh catalogue and um, drop ship. And I didn't really think that was, you know, something that I wanted to pursue, but they said, well, you know, charge 90 or pay 90 bucks for that. And I was kind of doing the maths and, uh, you know, worked out I could make more money doing that. And if I kept my own website, Uh that was kind of a conflict of interest. Yes. Uh, And and I guess just circling back to the marketplace stuff, um, you know, one of the keys to this success of that is we were able to get um, the products on marketplaces quite early before a lot of other Mm -hmm. people sort of found that that was an avenue. Okay. yeah, Gain the system a bit there.
0: So let's just close the sex <laughs> toy discussion because your your discomfort is starting to make me feel uncomfortable as well.
1: <laughs> and you sold it to your SEO guy? I did. Yeah. So I was speaking to my SEO guy about <laughs> the you know the slap at the time. Um, so shout out yeah. to Fat SEO. Um, that's uh, Ross. He said, "Look, I can probably fix it." And you know, I said, "Well, do you want to buy it?" And he said, "Yeah, okay." So we we came to a price. And um, how much? Uh, look, I won't disclose. He <laughs> oh, can tell damn. you, but okay. Uh, look, it wasn't it wasn't big dollars, and mm-hmm. he he managed to revive it, which was great. I mean, he's an SEO guy; that's his area of expertise. Still running it to this day. So, uh, if you do need some toys, Tim, that's where you can go. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm sure you, there, champion. you mentioned I'm my name, there. I'm sure he'll give you a, a discount. <laughs> yep. Tell me, um, it, w- an interesting
0: discussion. When you do get a slap by Google, and you might not know the answer to this because mm. obviously you left it to Ross, your SEO guy, but you're a programmer, and mm-hmm. you live in that online space. Yep. Do you, what, what did Ross do in order to get that domain uh, back up and running and found in search?
1: Yes, yeah, so Well, look, there was a few issues. I mean, back in the day, everyone did a little bit of black hat. So there was a bit of that going on. So there naughty was, SEO. Yes, yes. I call it grey hat, but anyway. Um, it was also some, uh, I guess, poor backlinks was one of the issues I think he mentioned. Yeah, right. But uh, look, it, it is a technical question that he'd probably need to answer. It's but I know that was one hard. of the things. I think he just, he, he did work on backlinks. I know that was one of the things. I mean, with SEO, there's only really a couple of levers. You've got your kind of you know, on-page stuff and you you kind of um, off-page stuff and that's effectively backlinks. Um, And, you know, a lot of it comes down to writing content and articles. But, um, yeah, I must say, I particularly enjoyed uh, your podcast with the SEO uh, Studio Hawk guys. Harry Sanders. And and I dropped in to see them the other day, so... um, yeah, we'll yeah be, we'll he's awesome. Able
0: to... I was actually going to give him a plug because if there is any listeners out there who have been black banned for whatever reason by Google on a particular search term or whatever, or, or, a, or a whole website, then Harry Sanders at Studio Hawk SEO in Melbourne, who won the best SEO agency in the world um, last year, quite incredible, uh, will help you out. Tell them that Timbo sent you and they'll um, particularly look after you <laughs> or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so Sean, we have left and you can have a big sigh, buddy. Just let all that all that nervous energy out, you know, we are leaving sextoy.com.au behind, but it did enable you to start your current business, which is Infobytes Media. Now, I'm really interested in this. It's a topic we haven't covered. You help product-based businesses increase sales by selling on marketplaces like Kogan, Catch, eBay, Amazon. First of all, should every product-based business be doing this?
1: Yes, is the short answer, but some will benefit more than others. So, uh, and it does depend on the marketplace as well. So, with the marketplaces, they're getting more and more crowded. So, the people that benefit the most are those that are either wholesaling or have um, their own brand or their own unique product. Because what happens, like, let's go back to toys for a minute. If you had um, a product that had a barcode, which many other dropshippers are selling, the the marketplaces will often match on that barcode. And and eBay and Amazon do this a lot. You'll notice if you go and find one product, they'll list below that product, here's other sellers that are selling the same product or similar product, and they'll list the price. So it becomes a race to the bottom, basically. The guy with the cheapest product wins. So that's not really a a game that's worth playing. So, um,
0: okay, so where it works really well is where you have your own product uh, with. Individual barcodes that no one else has. Uh, that's when selling on, on marketplaces is of greatest uh, benefit and probably the best margin.
1: A- absolutely. Or you might, it might be a product that maybe you're sourcing from overseas and you've got an exclusive license to sell in Australia. So, yeah, right. Yeah. Just reel off the marketplaces because there are, there's quite a few, but I mean, maybe top 10. Yeah, look, and they're popping up daily. So, look, it all started, the granddaddy uh, was eBay, which started, I think, around. Long time 20, ago. Thousand. Yeah. And then from there, I guess uh, Catch was probably the next big one. They've been around for eight or nine years. Kogan, shortly after that. Then, you know, recently to the party, Amazon. There's uh, My Sale Group, which own a number of online sites and daily deal sites. Uh, they've been around for probably eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, My MyDeal. Click Frenzy is launching another one which we're involved in uh, that launches mid June. Um, that's going to be a big one because they've got quite a big email list and that's going to be called Friends Central. That's Friends, F R E N Z. And then there's a, a bunch of kind of little uh, niche marketplaces that are popping up depending on your product. It might be mobile phones, you know, there's one sort of popping up sort of vind- uh, vertical. Marketplaces focusing on one niche.
0: Does, does an 80 20 rule apply here, Sean, where really, you know, the, 20% of the marketplaces in any given niche or category are going to produce 80% of your sales on those on marketplaces?
1: Yes, there is. And it very much depends on what the product is. So, look, if it's tech, um, something like Kogan will give you more bang for your buck. Um, if it's kind of homewares or, or beauty products, you might want to look at a, a catch of the day, for example, or, you know, maybe an Amazon.
0: You don't necessarily need to be on them mall. In fact, it'd probably cost you money unnecessarily to be on them mall.
1: Yeah, look, it's best to cherry pick it and we can advise customers on the best marketplaces for their product. And sometimes some just get really crowded and it's not being, not worth being, um, in that space. So yeah, we'll work with them to work out what's easiest.
0: Okay. So I'm, I'm a product-based business I've got a bunch of SKUs that are my own that no one else has. Um, What's involved in getting them? And assuming I can go to you, we can go to InfoBytes Media and you guys can do it all, but maybe I don't have the budget or maybe I want to do it myself. What's involved in getting one product onto one marketplace? Is it like just uploading a listing to
1: eBay? Have you used an e-commerce site before? I mean, you're familiar with like a Shopify. I'm sure a lot of your customers would be. Yes. Um, and most of those e-commerce platforms have some sort of tagging or categorization. So to use our product, if once you install our app, it's as simple as tagging a product with the tag Kogan. Our app will do the rest. Wow. It's possibly the world's uh, simplest integration app. And I built built it for myself. Uh, selfishly for the uh, for the toys because um, I needed a way of of doing it, so it kind of stemmed from there and um, yeah we sort of rolled it out to uh, Joe Public. Or actually we currently we're B two B so business to business. So we we and as you can tell my website's not that fancy. I think you pointed that out earlier. Um, <laughs> no no yeah, you, you, I didn't actually. Oh, but you
0: to, you told me that when we first I think picked. we spoke offline before. But yes yeah, so. <laughs> Okay. So you've actually created an app because again, get, just going back, okay, if I want to use Infobite Media to get all my products on Marketplace, you've got this app that I can, again, it's really just uploading stuff, uh, ticking a box to which Marketplaces I want my products to appear on. But I would imagine like any Marketplace, you know, you want to make sure you've got a great image, you've got a great headline, you've, mm. got, a, you've got great copy. Yep. Um, there's a number of variables that you need to get right. There Essentially, is. it's like writing an ad. Your app doesn't do that, does it?
1: No. So, so the way that it works, I'll, I'll maybe just step you through the process. So let's say you've tagged the products in uh, Shopify with Kogan. That basically just flags the products that you want to list on that marketplace. So our app will then pick it up. Um, it'll filter through. Um, you might want to maybe tweak some titles, put some margin on or tweak price, so there's a few extra attributes that you can change and you can do that through our app. Currently, we're doing a lot of that for the client. We are taking that on board. Uh, one of the big tasks is actually mapping the categories um, from your e-commerce store to the categories in the marketplace. So if you're on multiple marketplaces, that can be a pretty tedious task. So we take that on board because we're experienced. We're doing it every day. We've got you know a full-time person that sits there and does that. And then once we've got the data right and we're happy with the data, the app will sync the inventory, it'll push it to Kogan in this example uh, and we work with the marketplace. That's the other time-saving um, benefit of using us is we've got the relationships with the marketplace and, and often, it, you know, if you, like I know during COVID, if you wanted to get on catch, um, you know, they were getting 2,000 people a day applying. Oh, sorry, a week, 2,000 a week it was. You know, that was just… Businesses. Yes, yes. So sometimes, you know, you'd you'd apply and you wouldn't get in the door. So, you know, we we can do introductions for you as well and and, if we think you're a good fit. Um, So once that product ends up on Kogan, um, what happens then is the sale will get imported back into your e-commerce store. So it's just like any other order and you can manage it within Shopify like you normally would any order coming direct from the site. And then once you ship it, you put your tracking number on and that um, will then send the tracking number back to Kogan to complete the fulfilment process and that's it. So they don't have to learn some, you know, complicated or convoluted app because each marketplace has their own way of doing things. So we've kind of standardised it as much as possible within our app to simplify it and streamline it.
0: Am I missing something here in that there's just a whole lot of money being left on the table by most product-based businesses in the world if they're not doing this. <laughs> I,
1: I, feel, I feel like I've tapped into a little, you know, bucket of gold. Tim, it's it's ground zero. Like um, March, sorry, yeah, March last year, um, if you go to any of the marketplaces' share prices, you can almost superimpose the COVID curve. You know, it, it's, it's been a sleeping giant. So, I mean, give you an example, Kogan's share price, um, the beginning of March was $4, um, and then six months later, it was $25. It's come down now since, but that just shows you, I mean, the marketplace has experienced anywhere between 200 and 400% growth uh, within a few months when COVID hit. So, and what COVID did, it actually forced, I mean, a lot of retail stores had to close, or well, not had to, but, you know, I mean, it, it it kind of forced them to look online and, and people were going. Put a lot of pressure on them to maintain all those, you know, external costs. Yes, and, and look, there was just all, all of a sudden a whole bunch of demand and, and like, you know, we had, You um, give you a couple of examples, there was one guy that was selling wine and, um, you know, he was, he was doing okay. But um, we put him on a couple of marketplaces and all of a sudden, you know, he's doing 200 grand a month. And that was, you know, so he basically, um, I don't know what his numbers were before that, but it, it was, you know, the biggest growth he'd seen um, in you know, five years or however long he'd been online. And he's like, why didn't I do this before? So there's a lot of people just waking up to it. And it's, it's definitely, I'd say here to stay now, because if you look at the people online um, and, and I remember, you know, we started buying HelloFresh and, you know, during COVID and obviously... Things are settling down now with COVID, although I think there's another announcement today, so who knows? But, you know, those buying habits often stick. Um, so, yep. Well, COVID enabled a big education
0: process for a large amount of people that hadn't happened before, really. You know, we were, it was forced upon it us. It was. And um, tell me, elephant in the room, I guess I'm giving away a whole lot of margin if I go down this path. Now, I'm giving away margin to the marketplace. I don't want to talk you out of business and, you know, you can put forward, you know what I'm going to say here. But if I use your business to get on all the marketplaces, the ticket's being clipped twice, right? That's fair to say, isn't it? Yep. If I just use the marketplaces, it's still being clipped once. So there's an issue of margin. Do I charge more? on a marketplace as I would on my own e-commerce site or in my own bricks-and-mortar store? Well, how right. do we price well, here?
1: The marketplaces, depending on which one, it, it ranges, the commissions that the marketplace charge ranges anywhere from 7% to, say, 20%. and i would say the average is around 10 or 11%. So that in itself, if you compare that to what you would be spending, let's say you're engaging a digital agency and they're doing Google AdWords and SEO, you're going to be paying them often, you know, two, three grand a month. And if if you look at the average product, let's say it's, you know, $75 and you, you do the maths, um, often you, you know, as um, a guy from Studio Hawk said, you know, it could be six months before you see a return. So that's one thing. If you put on a marketplace, the you're going to know within a month if you're going to get results. But the other thing is that if you're going through the traditional method of doing it engaging an ad agency or um, digital agency you know it can be 25% of you know the cost of goods sold it's quite high so it's very cost effective to list on agencies and you know we charge at 60 bucks a month for our service per product No 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 we we're um, our started starting package is is 60 bucks a month and that's up to, I think, 500 um, products. Jeez, I'll take one. I don't even have anything to sell. I've got a book. Well, if you get in it, we're going to have to revise a lot of that because we've got a couple of customers, um, you know, that are like paying 60 and, and doing a couple of hundred in some cases, you know, more. So, I, I need to have a good yeah. look at that. And it's been so crazy the last year. But, um, you know, we're definitely the cheapest in the market and that's partially a strategy on my behalf. Tell
0: me about that strategy. Pricing always fascinates me. Um, Cheapest because you're trying to build
1: a client base or cheapest because that's just part of your value set? Um, Before COVID, I was, uh, you know, I kind of saw the opportunity here and um, I just looked at the competition and, you know, they were doing all right. And I thought, well, I'll just undercut them a little bit. And also, you know, it's not just enough to Undercut the competition. You also have to add a few extra value adds. So you know, we turned ours into a well simplified, and also offered a done for you service. And I think most people are time poor and and, you know not technical, so that worked well. And not just for the end client, uh, it actually works well for the marketplaces. So the marketplace, you know, we don't spend any money on advertising, so the marketplaces benefit from us being an integrator because we reduce the amount of work that they have to do. Because if you hand an app to a mum and dad uh, or someone that's non-technical, you know, garbage in, garbage out, if they don't kind of get the category mappings right or, you know, uh, the image quality, as you mentioned, is poor, well, then the marketplace will just reject it. And, you know, so we reduce the support uh, at the marketplace level as well. So that's a win-win.
0: Sean, I get all my products onto the various marketplaces. What can I expect from them in terms of promoting my product?
1: There are different promotions depending on um, which marketplace you go for.
0: All paid, I guess. Yes.
1: Guessing. Yep. And some of them look it could be, I mean Amazon's obviously, the the, the big the big one and and eBay, they've got all sorts of options um but it could be as simple as um, you know 10% off sale surprisingly a lot of the new ones don't have a lot of promo options like i think currently at uh, the time of this recording Kogan only has just a you know 10% off geez i would i would have thought it would be
0: a, a, a revenue stream for these marketplaces to offer packages to say hey you know give us x dollars and we'll put you on the home page or give us x dollars and we'll rank you in the top on page 1 of the ser- of any search that happens
1: They're not doing this? Uh, Look, most of them are. I mean, Kogan's probably the outlier there, but, you know, they've had so much growth, they probably, they'll get around to it. Yeah. But, yeah, look, a lot of them do. Um, Some of them will do dollar for dollar, like it might be, um, you know, Facebook campaign and that can work quite well. But, um, look, I think if they get to that stage like Amazon where you've got to be Paid to be seen. It's it's almost like going back to that digital agency as well. It's, it's yeah. not really a level playing field. So sort of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? It does. And, and yeah, so we don't generally push people towards Amazon for, for that reason. Um, uh, you know, directories
0: like, um, whether it be a LinkedIn or a TripAdvisor, they're very Google friendly. Um, you know, if I was to Google your name, one of the first search results would be, you know, Sean Latham LinkedIn profile, right? Uh, If I Google a restaurant, often TripAdvisor will be one of the first listings as opposed to the restaurant's actual own website. Is this the same for marketplaces? Do they have a lot of what I call Google juice?
1: They absolutely do. And one of the interesting things, I mean, if you were to search for a pair of Nike uh, runners, for example... Uh, and if you jump into Google and type that in, what you'll see, um, the way that the Google search results page is structured, up the top you'll have all the kind of image paid ads and invariably you'll see that sneaker will be, well, it'll be eBay, it'll be Kogan, it'll be Catch of the Day, you know, Amazon. And the reason they're there is because they can outbid the small guys. They've got massive ad spends.
0: Well, that's not Google juice, though. That's just paid. They're paying to be there. But even organically, I find a lot of these directories appear. You know, or yeah, they appear organically as opposed to paid. So, oh,
1: a- absolutely. Look, they'll have, um, you know, they're authority sites. So, comp- all of those big names—they're all authority sites. Uh, they'll rank very well organically. So, um, so often you'll see them listed in the paid and just below in the organic. Mm, but that organic space is very small now. I think it's like six organic listings, and you got them on it's the unreal, page on right and the top and the bottom. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yes, very Page powdery.
0: one is yeah. almost becoming a full page ad uh, of Google these days. Maybe we'll find our way to page two, which I've always thought just had tumbleweeds rolling down the screen. But maybe page two is going to become really important at a point in time because page one's just ads and it's biased.
1: Oh, look, I know the concentration span of the average um, web server. I think it'll always be page one. Yeah, okay. I hear you. (laughs) Tell me, we've spoken a lot about product-based businesses. Um, Is is
0: anything of what we've spoken about, can it apply to service-based businesses?
1: Yeah, it's not something we focus on. Um, One of my SEO guys does actually focus on service-based marketplaces and there are a lot out there. Um, You know, find a tradie, there's a whole swag of them. Yeah, but it's it's not something that we're we're focusing on at the moment.
0: Okay, very interesting uh, that discussion. Um, I've, uh, it, it's beautifully simple, actually. Like I sort of feel like we could move on from it. Uh, because (laughs) it's actually not that complicated. What we know is that now there's a whole lot of marketplaces out there, a very long list of them. In fact, what I might do is get you to send me a list of them, Sean, and I'll put them in the show notes to this episode over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. As a product-based business, we should be listing on them, particularly if our products are unique to us and they're not just other people's brands. Uh, And, you know, if we don't do that, we're leaving money on the table. InfoBytes Media is your business, and they do this. Uh, you don't run ads. You've got you haven't got a fancy website, but you've got fifteen staff, and you're growing pretty quickly. And is it all word of mouth? Is it, you you just sort of you've tapped into
1: a little a little what what do they call it a seam a seam of gold? Yeah, yeah. So well, yeah. I used to use that analogy when I kind of moved over. It's you know we stopped um, mining the gold and, and selling the picks and shovels basically. So, uh, um, but in terms of growth, um, yeah, as I mentioned, you know, I've never, I've always been a business to business guy. Um, so to me, business is about relationships and, you know, I know on the internet you, you sort of, uh, well, you listen to podcasts or, you know, YouTube and you'll think that it's all about some tripwire or, you know, squeeze page and all that sort of nonsense. But, um, when it gets down to it, um, what I try and think about, um, and it, it probably comes back to, you know, when I started, my lack of confidence in selling, to be honest. Um, you know, when I started the digital agency, I always had a sell, sell-through model in mind. So, you know, I remember, you know, searching for people that had my customer, for example. And, um, you know, I think for the listeners, if, if you can, you know, form strategic partnerships, that's worth its weight in gold because, you know, and, and I guess... Um, you know, work out where your customers are hanging out, but more importantly, who has them and is there a way that you could collaborate with that person for getting back to, you know, Studio Hawk, we have similar customers. Um, Lawrence has kindly sent me some and you know, I'll send him some back. We'll scratch each other's back. And, you know, that's that's kind of one way to, uh, you know, generate business and, and bring it back to the marketplace. All of our clients come from other happy clients and the marketplaces themselves, because again, we're adding value for the marketplace themselves because we're reducing the amount of work and we're ultimately bringing in orders into the e-commerce sites for our clients. And so it's, you know, if we're bringing in orders, it's unlikely they're going to cancel the subscription. So, Sean, I love to chat to my business owners about work-life balance. Do you got, have you got any? Yes. The last year has been incredibly hectic. I mean, we just got absolutely hammered, and you know, a few things broke, and and I just hung on to my health. Um, you know, it was pretty stressful to be honest. Uh-huh. So how low, how low'd you go? Oh, it was fine, but you, you just you know you have those days. You, you know, you look at you, you look at your inbox, the phones ringing, and it was just um, it was you know I was just waiting for it to end and and at least settle down. How'd you hang on? Few things. Um, I'd been meditating for a few days. That really helped with the – there's just sort of centering myself and and, um, and like yourself, I'm, I'm keen on the swimming, so I, I'd swim most days. I love anything uh, water sports. Got um, a ocean ski, an epic um, surf ski, which um, we'll get on down the peninsula and, um, you know, check out some dolphins and kind of get close to na- nature. Yeah, fantastic.
0: You're a fellow ocean swimmer, I know. It's lovely to talk to another one and uh, boy, oh, boy, what a gift that is, hey?
1: It really is. I, I think there's something special about water and, and I think, you know, we all kind of come out out the womb and, and there's some something – Particularly salt water. Yeah. I, I mean, as I said, I had had a swim this morning just to kind of, um, you know, get me get me reset and, uh, yeah, you know, I did. I came out of it just feeling – Alive. Uh, It was 14 degrees, so (laughs) I didn't have the wetsuit on. So, uh, yeah, but it's a great way to start the day. Um, uh, Wim Hof would be proud of you. I'm a big fan of Wim Hof, yeah. Yeah, so am I. I'm
0: I'm very keen to get him on the show, actually. So uh, anyone listening who knows him, please do an email intro, tim at timreid.com.au. Thank you.
1: Yes. And the other thing is, um, you know, I think it's good to have a hobby. So uh, I joined a rock band a few years ago. So did I. Oh, look at you fellow you're kidding me yeah it's a it's you'll have that, that that ticked off your bucket list I reckon Timbo. it's it's a good one to have oh yeah. mate it's amazing I'm I,
0: I love ocean swing you love ocean swing and I've just joined I'm, I'm the lead singer of well we haven't named it yet I've got the name it's a bunch of old blokes and I, yep. I'm suggesting the painkillers oh, is, is, is a
1: good name what's the name of your band and what are do you doing it it's uh the sacred cows so you'd be old enough to remember get smart um, and there was an episode there where the band—I think it was Chaos's band—were um, playing psychedelic music, which was going to hypnotise everyone and take over the world. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. And, and uh, yeah, so it was a '60s kind of thing. But um, yeah, this formed out of uh, local primary school um, camping awesome. trip. Awesome. And um, you yes, singing or playing? Both. I'm I'm in the rhythm section, so I yeah. play bass, and I can kind of just sit in the background and, and groove. And uh, yeah, yeah, we were hoping to play a gig uh, in a couple of weeks, but. Who knows? With this little uh, restrictions well, coming knows, again, a moment but, in time, we're working yeah.
0: towards a gig. There's a there's a little country town up near me, at the back of Noosa, called Pomona. Uh, sorry, Karan. It's I called Karan, yeah. and they have yeah. a um, an open mic night every every month. So we're sort of uh, slowly working towards that. What's your what what's
1: what's the song that you guys love to play? Oh look, we always finish on uh, Bruce Springsteen, uh, Born to Run.
0: And uh-huh. um, big song, yeah. And the
1: last time we played that at the Palace Hotel, Campbell, um, I blew up the amp. So I was quite proud of that. Um, the nice. smell of you know burning electric wires. Burning it was very amp. rock and roll. It was very Spinal <laughs> Tap. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you smash your guitar against it once you
1: knew it was blowing up? No,
0: no. I'm a <sighs> bit old for
1: that, but uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> we've uh, we've got our head around painted black by the by the Rolling Stones. It's our. Um, that's our big crescendo. What's the yeah, yeah, it is a good one. Oh, wow, that's amazing, mate. What's your number one tip for business owners in regards to wellbeing? There'd be a few business owners listening who are exhausted right now.
1: Look, I can only speak for myself. Um, one of the big things that I did, and it, it's very un-Australian, but uh, I cut down the amount of alcohol I consume during the week So you know, it's when I'm. Wowzers! Yeah, I know. I I, I thought you'd be disapproving of that. (laughs) No, not at all. uh,
0: I'm fully encourage. Yeah, Um, I had. um, I'm an investor in Liars Non-Alcoholic Spirits, so you uh, you know, like, no, don't worry about that. Yeah, Uh, less alcohol the better.
1: Yeah, I just found. um, You know, for years you just get into that habit, and a couple of Chardonnays or whatever your potion is. And um, I had a DNA test, um, DNA fit. I'll give a shout out to them. And I, I've sort of found I was quite flat even after just having a few beers, and and it came back that I had this, um, it's some um, gene mutation, MTHR or something, but it means that I don't process vitamin B well, oh, and go. alcohol reduces your vitamin B. So I think that had a lot to do with the brain fog and all that sort of stuff. So that yes. made a big difference for me, and I, I think. Um, yeah, I've kind of kept that going and I'll still have a beer on the weekend and, you know, mm-hmm. after a gig, I'll reward myself. But, um, you know, I think for business owners, you know, we tend to be reactive all the time and, you know, we just feel a little bit mm-hmm. overwhelmed. So, I think if, you know, mental health is so important and if you can have a little bit of clarity uh, and I think, you know, having a bit of a break from the grog now and then is not a bad thing, uh, you're just a little bit, better place to deal with, you know, what hits you on a daily basis. And also, I think more importantly, uh, be a bit more strategic because um, you know, I think sometimes we just kind of go through the motions, but um, if you can have a bit of clarity and a little bit of time to yourself. I mean, the other thing I do, um, I spare time, is just go for long walks on the on the beach with the dog. But that's mm-hmm. Sometimes when I do my thinking time. That's awesome, buddy.
0: Well, uh, Sean, Great stories, mate. Sextoy.com.au. You got marketplaces nailed through InfoBytesMedia.com. You got a bit of ocean swimming. You got a bit of band happening. I mean, I love it. Well done to you, and I hope uh, the coming the coming years, as marketplaces do become more popular, and people and business owners are aware of them, that uh, you make a gazillion dollars, mate. Absolutely.
1: No, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I will say, we're launching a new site called AgoraHub.com.au. That'll be our B two C offering. When's that going up? Oh, look, it's it's there now, but we haven't fully kind of uh, promoted right. it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll check that out as well. Thanks a lot, Sean. Fantastic. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, there you go, team. Marketplace guru, Sean Latham. How'd you find that? Any learnings? What are you going to do differently in your business as a result of that? Maybe list all your products on all the marketplaces you possibly can. <laughs> That's what I'd be doing. If you do, then Sean has kindly offered you an exclusive, and you're not going to find this anywhere else, 10% discount off his services over at infobytes.com.au. That's info, I-N-F-O-B-Y-T-E-S.com.au. Just go to the contact page, use the promo code TIMBO and you are away, or give him a buzz, 0408 858 885 and mention me. I'll say that again, 0408 858 885. Mention me and he will look after you. I'll also put a link in the show notes over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 556. Hey, here's what grabbed my attention from that chat with Sean. Attention grabber number one. Any business selling products via their own store should also list all their products on all relevant marketplaces. That seems like a no brainer. I hope you do it, and I hope you make lots more money as a result of doing it. I'll send you my bank account details later. Attention grabber number two, the amount of marketplaces that are actually out there. That caught my attention. There's the big daddies like eBay and Amazon, but then there's all the niche ones as well. So if you're wondering which ones suit your business, again, contact Sean, 0408 858 885. Attention grabber number three, I love how Sean's an ocean swimmer, just like me. Now, I'm not proposing that you become an ocean swimmer, but if you do, let me know, because maybe one day we can swim together. It's awesome. But I do hope you've got some kind of well-being regime to support you being the motivated business owner that you are. You got it? Awesome. That's what grabbed my attention. Now, write down this number. It's another number. And call me after the show's over. 0480. 015 150. That is the Small Business Big Marketing hotline. And listener Melissa Peacock did give it a buzz, and here's what she had to say.
1: Hey, Tim. My name is Melissa Peacock, and I can't tell you how grateful I am that you and your guests have helped me grow the perfect resume from scratch to six figures in under two years. I have listened to every single podcast and have actionable items from all of them. My favorite would have to be the genuine and ideas-packed episode, number 428, with Andrew Banks from the Shark Tank. I've also learned a lot from everyone on the Facebook group, so to say thank you, if anyone would like their resume reviewed for free, you can head to www.theperfectresume.com.au. I am going to wrap this up. Keep being goal-drivenly awesome and persistent, everyone, especially you, Timbo. Bye.
0: Melissa, that right there is a great message, and you've made my week. Six-figure business in under two years from ideas learnt from this podcast? That's awesome. Well done to you. I mean, I'm kind of proud that you found the ideas on my podcast, but you know what? The magic's in the action and you took action. And and thank you for the generous listener offer. That is awesome. That's exactly what I do. If I had an opportunity to call into a podcast, I'd make an offer to the listeners and get a bit of exposure. Check out Melissa's business over at theperfectresume.com.au. It's a great website and a great little business. And I hope next time you reach out, Melissa, it is a seven-figure business. Next episode, you and I are going to catch up with another inspiring business owner who's used some form of marketing to build their empire. We love that. If you haven't already, be sure to grab a copy of my book The Boomerang Effect over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. I'd love to hear what marketing is working for you, so give the Small Business Big Marketing hotline a buzz, 0480015150. If you're loving the podcast, then you'll find 555 more episodes on your favourite podcast app. And guess what? This podcast was presented by me, Timbo Reed. The music bed, well, that was written, sung and produced by Lockie Dolly. He's ace. And the entire madness gently cajoled together by producer David Zlowenski. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. May your marketing be the absolute best marketing Bye for now.